And welcome in everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Dynasty Underground. I am your host, Derek Walmack, and you can follow me on Twitter at Dino Underground. That's at D-Y-N-O Underground. And today we are going to be recapping the two, count them, two Monday Night Football games, as well as building our DraftKings lineup for the coming week. Um, hope you guys did well last week. I did okay. I was pretty much breaking even until um, the Sunday night game. I did a flash draft for the fourth quarter just to try to get ahead a little bit and ended up cashing like 15 bucks. Nothing special. But, you know, I mean, I, <laughs> I take breaking even as a win sometimes, even though I've won 15 bucks. But I take breaking even as a win because that means I'm st- I, st- I still have that money to play next week. So as long as I'm not losing money and I'm still getting to play, um, I'm doing okay. So, uh, yeah, let's get into these these uh, Monday night games. In the Steelers-Giants game to kick it off, uh, man, it's a rough game for the running backs. Uh, James Conner came in for a little bit, got hurt, I guess got pulled um I don't know if he got benched or if he was actually hurt it kind of seemed like he wanted to go back in he, you know it kept panning over to him on the sidelines and he did not look happy he, he looked upset and you know Benny Snell Benny Snell looked better than he did last year maybe you know let, let's give him credit you know last year his quarterbacks were Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. And those were rough times. Those are, those would be rough times for any running back. You know, you get Big Ben back, and suddenly the defense, it has to be a little more honest. Um, and he looked good. You know, he looked fine. Here's my thing, though. I don't know. I'm going to talk about Benny Snell in a minute. Like, I, I don't know what to make of the Steelers' backfield because I don't know if James Conner is hurt or not. Uh, Jalen Samuels, limited action, not too much to be excited about. I did add him in one dynasty league with super deep rosters just because I made a two-for-one trade and I had an empty bench spot and I was trying to find someone to fill it. And I was like, well, you know, maybe, I don't know, speculative ad if... If nothing goes my way, I'll drop him. I don't have high hopes for that ad. Um, it was just one of those things. Like, no, Samuels did not look very good last year. But like I said with Benny Snell, it would be hard for any running back to look good in that offense. Speaking of, you know, <laughs> running backs not looking good. Oh, my goodness. Saquon Barkley getting 15 carries. And totaling like six yards. Oh my goodness. You know, that Steelers defense. It's it's really weird. It's really weird that and maybe it's not, maybe it's explainable by you know the limited offseason, but it was the NFL seems to almost have picked up right where it left off. I mean, right where it left off. The good team, you know, the teams we thought were going to be good and awesome looked pretty good and awesome on Sunday and Monday. 
The teams that we thought were going to be pretty bad looked pretty bad. The situations we tried to project to be not very, not very good, they looked not very good. You know, some of these players, it's really weird. It's, I don't know. It really is. It's strange just because, you know, I've talked about it a couple of times with some guests on this show that the, the NFL, the turnover is high. I mean, oftentimes, you know, we see, we see, you know, like the San Francisco 49ers from 2018 to 2019, nobody expected the 49ers to be any good. The Tennessee Titans, you know, we, there's teams that come out of nowhere like this every year. I'm not ready to say that's the Washington football team. <laughs> they got the win. That's, that was, it was a good win. It was a good hard fought win. Um, it's kind of encouraging to see it. But for the most part, it does, after one week, it does seem as though the NFL picked up in 2020 right where it left off in 2019. Um, And yeah, that Pittsburgh defense, as great as it was in 2019, it looked equally as great Sunday night against everybody except for Darius Slayton. (laughs) Wow. I think this dude might just be legit. You know, I've been skeptical of Slayton all off season because, you know, he was productive last year as a rookie. He had a really good rookie season, but you know, he never had the full allotment of weapons on the field with him. He never had to compete with targets with Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley. And last year he had all of them except for Golden Tate. Looked great. Had two touchdowns. Was catching some long throws. Um, Daniel Jones, not afraid to air it out. You know, not afraid to take deep shots to him. That's awesome. That's great. That's what we want for fantasy. I had him in my Thursday night DraftKings lineup. Ended up taking him out. Or my Monday night DraftKings lineup. Took him out. You know, I did some last minute tinkering. I always tell myself, the last minute tinkering never works. It never works out for me. Don't do it. And I do it anyways. Um, but yeah, you know, Daniel Jones, honestly, I think Daniel Jones is going to have kind of a Jameis Winston-esque uh, 2020, probably not quite as productive. He's not going to lead the league in passing yards. I doubt he's going to, you know, have 30 interceptions. And, you know, here's one thing. I've got to give a little bit, you know, benefit of doubt to Daniel Jones. You know, the interception he threw, you know, they marched all the way down the field. It was like 18-play drive, I think. And, you know, they're knocking on the door, and Daniel Jones is rolling out to his left, and he tries to hit, I believe, Slayton, you know, crossing in the back of the end zone, and ends up throwing an interception as he's going down. But... You know, Bud Dupree hit his hand there. Maybe it was not a good throw. Maybe he shouldn't have made that throw. I don't know. But his hand did get hit. It's not like he just lofted a ball up for grabs. I mean, his, the ball got hit as it was coming out of his hand. So I don't know. Look, it's Daniel Jones' second year. It's only his second year. You know, I'm sure maybe he could have got the ball out a little bit faster. Maybe he should have just thrown it away. As long as he's improving, that's what we want. You know, if it's this, if this is a Jameis Winston, you know, I think we 
if we don't all remember it, let me just, you know, <laughs> refresh your memory. I know it was only a preseason game, but it was like a microcosm of Jameis Winston. He is getting sacked, like falling down, holding himself up with one hand. I mean, they're, they're inside the 10-yard line trying to score, and he just throws a ball up. Like, he has leaned over, hand on the ground, cannot see where he's throwing it. He's just hoping one of his players make a play. Just throws the ball up into the end zone. Now, that was the year they were on hard knocks. It was just a preseason game. Maybe that was maybe he was just doing it for the camera. I don't know. Hopefully Daniel Jones isn't Jameis Winston's. Hopefully he's something a little bit better than that. A little bit less turnover prone. You know, maybe he's Josh Allen. Maybe Daniel Jones is a Josh Allen. I've, you know, he's got some sneaky rushing ability. Um, not afraid to take the deep shot. Not seeming particularly accurate at this point in their careers. Um, you know, if Daniel Jones is Josh Allen, that is going to be just fine for fantasy, at least for a couple of seasons, because those quarterbacks. Look, Josh Allen looked a little bit better. Um, on Sunday, didn't look great, you know, fumbled the ball, probably should have thrown a couple of interceptions, missed some throws, missed some, you know, missed a touchdown. You know, I don't think he's ever going to be perfect, you know, but he's got, he looked like he was probably a little bit better than what his career average is. You know, he did go over 300 yards for the first time in his career, I believe, if I read that stat correctly, which is, I mean, 300 passing yards. That's kind of hard to believe. Um, especially, you know, someone who has been this usable for fantasy to finally, what, his third year in the league, go over 300 passing yards for the first time. It's a little, it's a little strange, but you know, I think, I think the, the Josh Allen comp is fair for Daniel Jones. I think they are similar type players stylistically. We just hope we get a little more accuracy out of Daniel Jones, a little bit better decision-making and, you know, just keep running, just keep running, racking up those points on the ground. Those are awesome. Those are what we want. Those are what provide a high floor, especially to what seems like he's probably going to be a pretty erratic throwing quarterback. You know, these guys tend to be very volatile. Jameis Winston was volatile, but he lacked rushing upside, whereas Daniel Jones has it. So that actually could provide a somewhat safe floor. Uh, switching over to the Tennessee Titans-Denver Broncos game, Derrick Henry, oh my gosh, 31 carries for um, over 100 yards. That's great. He had three catches, which I realized he had a game with three catches last year, or three targets at least. But three catches is awesome. Look, if we're getting two catches out of Derrick Henry, you know, we're not going to get 31 carries. We probably don't want 31 carries out of Derrick Henry every game. This dude can't get, you can't give a human being 30 carries in a football game. Good night. And just crash them into giant men that's that's not going to be good for that's not going to be good for longevity for season long longevity especially you just paid this dude 
But, you know, if we're getting 20 carries from Derrick Henry, and if we get, you know, he got 18 targets last year. What if we get, if we get two targets, two or three targets a game for Derrick Henry, and we get, you know, two catches per game. That's pretty awesome. That's going to be great. That's, you know, that's going to make up for what is likely going to be, you know, a decrease in efficiency on the ground from last year. You give him, you know, 30 plus catches. Maybe it's not two again. That's 36 or 32 catches. I mean, yeah, you give him somewhere around 30 catches a season. That's going to make up for not only the receptions if you're in a half or full PPR, but, you know, generally you get more yards on catches than you do runs. Especially Derrick Henry, you get him out there on a screen and he gets a little bit of head of steam and these defensive backs are not going to tackle him. So it was awesome. He got the job done for fantasy. We, I don't know that we want 30 carries a game. You know, what was that? 34 touches. I don't know if that's sustainable. Um, AJ Brown left a little bit to be desired. Ryan Tannehill. You know, I did say the Titans would have to throw the ball more than they did last year. I didn't expect Tannehill to go out in the first game and throw 40, <laughs> 40 plus passing attempts. I can't really, we can't really expect that. Uh, my boy, Jonu Smith. My boy, Jonu Smith caught a touchdown, got seven targets and caught a touchdown. I have to kind of refrain from taking a victory lap, though, because like I said, I don't think we can expect the Titans to throw the ball 40 times a game. And so I don't know that seven targets a week is going to be a thing for John, who I hope it is. But, you know, the whole, my whole, not the whole reason, but part of my reasoning for touting John U. Smith was because I said they don't have a wide receiver two of consequence or a pass catching running back of consequence. And all I can say to that is just, I mean, why? Why? Dear God, why? Why? Why does this have to happen? Why does it have to happen? We were ready. We were ready to bury Corey Davis. We're ready to move on from Corey Davis. And, you know, I've mentioned him in passing, I've said it in passing, I've said it just for the sake of mentioning it as a possibility that Corey Davis could be this year's Devontae Parker. You know, I've said it multiple times that the worst thing that happened in terms of evaluating Corey Davis for Dynasty is Devontae Parker's last, you know, 2019 season. Because that means we probably shouldn't give up on Corey Davis. And what does this dude do? He goes out and catches seven passes for 101 yards. Why? Why? Why do you have to do this to us, Corey? You know, you know what? That's, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Just be consistent. Just be consistent. Don't go out and post two catches for 30 yards for three or four weeks in a row, for three weeks in a row, and then in week five, catch seven more balls for 100 yards and a touchdown. And then, you know, we're not, we're going to be, we're not going to start you in week six. We're like, no, you know, we, we rode that, we rode that bad train too long. We need to see it one more time. And then go out, you know, in week six 
um, and catch, you know, five balls for 80 yards and a touchdown. And then maybe get people on board, go into week seven. All right, we're going to roll with Corey Davis. We're into bye weeks at this point. Week seven, throw Corey Davis in my wide receiver three spot and then give us another two for 30. Don't do it, Corey Davis. Either either be a fan, a weekly fantasy contributor or just go away. <laughs> like Seriously, like... I have Corey Davis and a couple of best balls. Either be a weekly contributor or go away. And it doesn't even matter in best ball. I don't have to I don't have to slot this dude into my starting lineup in best ball. If he has a good game, he automatically gets slotted in. But you know what? I'm sorry. Like I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. Either be consistent or go away. You know. But it would be pretty awesome if you know, he was voted as, you know, the he won the preseason Fantasy Phoenix Award. You know, the player to come back from the dead. You know, we called it basically the Devontae Parker Award. It would be pretty awesome if the listeners of this show called it and got the Corey Davis year, what, year four breakout. That would be pretty awesome. Uh, moving over to the Denver Broncos. You know, I've been saying all offseason that I'm out on Denver because I'm out on Drew Locke. And they have a lot of assets that, you know, they, they've got a lot of contributors. They have a lot of players that I know Drew Locke's not going to be able to support all of them. So, you know, and each one of them has a pretty strong group of supporters, you know. But I feel like I feel like I know Drew Locke's not going to support all of them. So the question was always, well, which ones can he support? And I was like, well, I don't know. So I'm just not going to take the shot on it. Well, here's my thing. You know, I, it's pretty obvious that somebody's going to get some production every week. You know, week one, it was Noah Fant. I don't think we're going, you know, it, and it was Melvin Gordon too. But let's fast forward to week two, and let's say Cortland Sutton is back. Is it going to be Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, and Melvin Gordon? Not if they looked the way they did on Monday night. I can't see three dependable fantasy options coming from this Denver Broncos team. I just don't see how it's going to happen. Drew Locke does not look good. He's not looked good. He really didn't even look good that good last year, they just happened to win some games. You know, John Elway goes out and he gets all these weapons. That's awesome. You know, and I, I, I commend it. You know, you want to see what you got in this kid? You know, you won some games with him last year. Maybe he can take that year to leap, you know, Jared Goff style, and have a really good year too. The problem is, is you don't have Sean McVay. You don't have the guy putting Drew Locke in the best possible situation. So I my fear is that, my fear now is for Denver, that it's going to be a different one or two guys each week. You know, week one, it was Noah Fant and Melvin Gordon. Week two, it's probably not going to be Melvin Gordon based on what the Steelers just did to Saquon Barkley. So is it Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant? 
you know, well, I mean, Pittsburgh let the deep threats go. So, you know, Darius Slayton. So is it KJ Hamler? I don't know. And, you know, let's, let's go to week three. I mean, is it, is it two different guys? You know, is week three Melvin Gordon and Jerry Judy? I don't know. I just, I, I'm glad I don't have any part of this Denver offense. There, someone, you know, Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, their end of year numbers might end up looking pretty decent, but I kind of just think it's going to be a bumpy road. Monday night confirmed confirmed that for me, but in a different way. It's going to be bumpy in a different way than I originally thought it was going to be, granted. But I do think it's going to be a bumpy road. And I kind of don't want any part of it. I still don't want any part of it. I have Melvin Gordon in a best ball league. I think that's the only... No, I have Noah Fant also on a best ball league. Those are the only two shares of Bronco players I have. Um, and it was because, you know, certain circumstances, I mean, you know, I went, I was at the turn in one league and I drafted it's full PPR. And so I went Julio Jones, Devontae Adams. And then in rounds three and four, went Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon. And then the other league, I waited way too long on tight end. Maybe not too long, but I ended up grabbing Jonu Smith and Noah Fant. So, you know, that's in a best ball league, sure. Sure, why not? But let's go ahead and move on to the DraftKings section. Last week, I built a Captain Showdown, Captain Showdown lineup for the Thursday night game. And for, for a cash game, um... You know, I, like I said, I'm not, I don't really want to give out tournament lineups for several reasons. You know, I'll, I'll reiterate just because one, I don't want a bunch of listeners of this show entering the same tournament lineup into the same tournament. And I mean, I don't know what the odds are that it actually hits the win, but if we actually won... You know, if that lineup hit, I don't want anybody having to split the pot, you know, a thousand different ways. So let's just focus on the cash lineups, you know. And so last week I did a captain showdown and that was it. This week I'm going to do a captain showdown and a main slate cash game, you know, and do the double ups basically. So Thursday night, captain showdown, Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns. Captain Spot, I think I'm going to go Joe Mixon here. I don't want to go the quarterbacks because I just don't know what to think of them. Joe Mixon got 20 touches last week. I wonder if Nick Chubb would be the play. I don't want it to be. I want it to be Kareem Hunt. But I kind of feel like it could be Nick Chubb just running all over the Cincinnati defense. Um, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to put Joe Mixon as my captain because I believe he has the highest, you know, the highest upside as far as, you know, he's probably going to get 19 to 20 carries. 
Hopefully he can get a few receptions. I know he only got, I think, one reception on two targets last week. But hopefully he gets a little bit more than that. And he smashes our, as the captain. You know, in a cash game, we don't need the captain to be the highest scoring player. We just need him to score well. In a tournament, you need the captain to be the highest scoring player in the slate. Um, all right. And what I like to do is I like to choose my captain and then go to the bottom flex spot and see how cheap I can actually go. So I got Joe Mixon as my captain. I'm looking at my cheap options here. I kind of want to throw the Browns defense in. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw the Browns defense in. And it doesn't really make sense to me to have the Bengals running back as my captain and the Browns defense. So, I'm going to throw the Browns defense. And I'm going to put Nick Chubb as my captain. And then I'll put Joe Mixon as one of my flex spots. So, I've got three flex spots left, $8,666 per player. We got Jarvis Landry at $8,000, Kareem Hunt at $74, Tyler Boyd at $7,000, Austin Hooper at $6,800. Basically, I have my picks of the litter here, and I think I'm going to avoid the quarterbacks. I don't know. I don't think I want Joe Burrow in there. Just... It was great. He had some rushing. He had the rushing touchdown last week. But he only had, I think it was 193 passing yards in week one. That's not going to get the job done. Baker Mayfield, I don't know what the deal is with Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I don't know what it is, honestly. So, you know, DraftKings is full PPR. I'm going to throw Jarvis Landry in there. I'm going to throw Tyler Boyd in there. And... Oh, man. I have $11,000 for one more flex spot. I mean, Joe Burrow is 10-8. Is that who I want to do? But then I've got Cleveland's defense in there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making this in real time. Um, This isn't something I drew up before I turned the airwaves on. I started talking. Pulled up DraftKings on my phone. I'm literally building a lineup right now. What you guys are hearing are the actual toils. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go ahead and throw Baker Mayfield in there. Um, it's a little bit weaker of a defense. I don't think Baker Mayfield is as bad as what he's looked. I think he's better than that. So that's what I'm gonna go with. Double up lineup. Nick Chubb as my captain. Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Browns defense, and my flex spot. Go ahead and hit submit on that. Now, for the big show. Well, okay. I shouldn't say the big show because I would guess I would consider the Millie Maker the big show and, you know, not doing the, uh, not doing the Millie Maker lineup on here. Um, go 50-50s and double-ups. Let's make this lineup right here. Okay, create lineup. And basically, like I said, on these cash games, we don't need some obscure player 
to go off. We just need all of our players to produce. And I'm going to start I'm going to start my lineup with Jonathan Taylor at $5700. That's the first player I'm jamming in here. Um my my running back, I think I'm going to go, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys are playing the Falcons. Ezekiel Elliott is my play there. So I've got Zeke and Jonathan Taylor to start off. Um, I'll wait. I'll wait on tight end. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna look at defense here, and a defense that's interesting to me this week is the Dolphins' defense. They weren't great last year or last week. They got four points against the Patriots, but you know. I realize that the Bills have the the potential to put up points. But you know, even as much as many points as the Bills scored last week, the Jets defense still scored 7 fantasy points because of Josh Allen's propensity to turn the ball over. And the Dolphins did get a little bit better on offense or on defense over the offseason, at least on paper. And they're only $2100. And you start going up the ranks, you know, Lions against Green Bay, Texans against Baltimore, Panthers against Tampa Bay, Jaguars against Tennessee, the Giants against Chicago, maybe, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't love the Giants defense, but obviously I don't love the, I don't know, to get to a defense that I actually feel good about the Rams at Philadelphia 2800 let's let's throw them in there $2800 um Aaron Donald should be able to blow that line up pretty easily and get some sacks maybe even some turnovers so you maybe force some interceptions some strip sacks a fumble so I'm gonna throw the Rams defense in there at $2800 Oh, where do I want to go from here? Let's look at the wide receiver position. And honestly, I am probably very seldomly going to throw throw some expensive wide receivers in here. Here's one that's interesting to me. Marquise Brown going against the Houston Texans defense. $6,200. I'm going to throw him in there. You know, he looked good last year. He, I mean, he was getting some big plays, getting targeted pretty heavily. Here's one that's interesting to me. Keenan Allen against the Chiefs at $5,700. Michael Gallup against Atlanta for $5,600. Um, Robbie Anderson for $52. Deshaun Jackson for $51. Darius Slayton for $5,000. Um, that's... I, I don't want to, you know, fall into the trap. <laughs> I don't want to fall into the trap and see what Darius Slayton did last week and be the guy who starts him. Okay, I think I found, yeah, I think I found my, uh, my, my wide receiver too. It's Deontay Johnson, $4,500. It's only $4,500. That's going to get me some wiggle room elsewhere. Um... 
scroll down this list here. We got Marvin Jones at 5,700. T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen also at 57. I don't know. I just, there's so many wide receivers that I like way down here. Paris Campbell at 45. That's who I'm going to go with. I think what we saw last week with Paris Campbell, 14 DraftKings points. I think that's real. I think that's going to be more the norm than it is an outlier. And I I think we've got a pretty solid build here so far. Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor. We could get over 40 touches between those two players. Marquise Brown, Deontay Johnson, Paris Campbell. All got, you know, big playability, especially Marquise Brown and Paris Campbell. Um, all should get a bunch of targets. Especially Juju might not play, you know, Juju is missing time with practice, I believe. Yeah, Deontay Johnson didn't practice either, but it was just a toe injury. It's something we'll monitor. So we've got $6,000, or we've got $18,000 with three more spots. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a look at quarterback. And like I said, in these cash games, I just want someone with a high floor. Uh, I want, you know, someone with a good matchup. And I'm not seeing a whole lot of good, you know, and, you know, I, when I'm bargain shopping. Dak Prescott at 6,800. I don't mind that. I don't mind that one bit. Um, Matt Ryan at 6,600. Okay, I think, so Tom Brady at Carolina $6,500. That's going to be my play right there. Mr. Tom Brady. Move to tight end here. Wow, Zach Ertz, $5,600. I'm still in on Zach Ertz. I've actually traded for Zach Ertz in a couple of, um, couple of redraft leagues. I'm going to put Zach Ertz at, you know, he should get a bunch of targets still. I'm going to put him in there. Especially if, like I said earlier, if Aaron Donald is blowing up that offensive line for Philadelphia, I would expect Carson Wentz to have to be getting the ball, getting rid of the ball fairly fast. That means shorter throws. That means tight end territory. I wouldn't be mad at throwing Dallas Goddard in there, especially in a tournament lineup. But that's going to leave us $6,000 remaining for our flex position. I am always going to want to throw a running back in the flex position. And this might be a little bit difficult <laughs> this week. Uh, I might have to make some changes elsewhere because we've got Miles Sanders at 6,000. I like that price, but you know, I don't love Miles Sanders. We've got Todd Gurley at 6,100. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw Todd Gurley in there and now I'm $100 over the cap. Um, what do I do? What do I do? We got Ben Roethlisberger at 6,300 playing the Denver defense. That's where I'm going to pivot. So, let's run down this cash lineup. Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. Ezekiel Elliott at running back. Jonathan Taylor at running back. Marquise Brown, Deontay Johnson, Paris Campbell at wide receiver. Zach Ertz at tight end. Todd Gurley at the flex, and the Rams 
defense, the Rams DST at DST. I feel pretty good about that lineup. Um, but you know, I usually always feel good about my lineups and they never they never meet my expectations. Hopefully this week's different. You know, I want, you know, I want us to all be winning money together. Um I'm you know, I'm doing my best here. <laughs> doing my best to try to um to try to win us all a little bit of money, you know. Not gonna get rich off of these cash games, but you know, that's not the point. You know, maybe we win, you know, we win money. At least what I like to do is I win money on the cash games and I use those to enter more tournaments. So I can hopefully I can hopefully try to win, you know, a little bit bigger. I actually had a friend last season win, you know, it was a three dollar entry tournament, win seven thousand dollars. Oh, and get this. You know, if if you don't like one of my picks in this lineup, first of all, that's okay. You can pivot. This is just I was, I was literally just talking through that. That was the first lineup I built all week. You know, I'm sure I'll tinker with it a little bit. Um, the point of that is not for you all to necessarily just copy it down player for player. If you want to do that, great. You know, I, I'm obviously hoping for the best. But it's maybe just to give you guys some, you know, some key players that maybe you didn't think of, you know, I was literally scrolling down, <clears throat> scrolling down the wide receiver list about to just stop and scroll back up. And then I saw Deontay Johnson sitting there at $4,500. And I felt like I had to pull the trigger on that. So that's kind of what the main goal for this was or is, is, you know, I could have easily just scrolled back up and Deontay Johnson may never have even crossed my mind. So that it's basically just me providing some perspective, providing a little bit of on the fly, I guess, analysis. And you know, maybe some of you like some of the players I did mention. Maybe you don't like some of the players, but you know, you put the ones in that you liked and then you build your own off of that. That's great. That's awesome. That's all it is. You know, it's fun. This is all for fun. You know, um, but yeah, speaking of which, so I played the Million Maker last week. And I don't know if you guys played it or not, but go look at the lineup. If you did, go look at the lineup who got second place. This guy, I I don't know. This person won $200,000. And he had Robert Tanyan in his lineup at tight end. You know how many points Tanyan got? He got zero. He got zero points. And I don't mean basically zero. I don't mean he got one catch for 15 yards or one catch for six yards. No, he got zero catches, zero yards, zero, absolutely zero fantasy points. And the guy won $200,000 or, or gal, the guy or gal, whoever it was, won $200,000 and took a zero that's so crazy to me. That's so crazy. But, you know, I mean, that's the thing about fantasy football, though, is if you if he would have made that lineup and somebody would have told him, like, oh, yeah, I came from the future. And just so you know, Tanya scores zero points. That person would have changed it. They would have changed their lineup all up and he might have won $5 <laughs> uh, if they even cashed it all. 
but he won $200,000. That's awesome. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it gives me hope or it makes me scared that maybe I might get a little bit more reckless with my tournament picks. Uh, no, I actually feel really good about my tournament picks this week. Um, I will say the Dolphins have been a common theme in my tournament. The Dolphins defense have been a common theme in my tournament lineups. Not all of them, but I do like, you know, the upside to get some turnovers there. And Jonathan Taylor is in every single one of my, he's in every single one of my tournament lineups. He's in every one of my cash game lineups. He's on, he's in all of them. He's in all of my, you know, redraft leagues. He's in my dynasty. I don't own him in one dynasty league and that sucks. I need to go get him. <laughs> you know, I talked about trading Dalvin Cook on my last episode. It's that, it's that league. Maybe I need to trade him straight across for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, yeah, so I and I did mention wanting to trade Dalvin Cook on the last episode. I haven't traded him yet. I've tried. I've shopped him around. Basically, you know, I'm not ignoring the upside of this dude. If I trade him, I want to get some top tier talent plus. And you know, I, you know, I didn't really clarify. Maybe I did. I don't know. But on the last episode when I talked about this, I don't want anybody, you know, trading Dalvin Cook for Raheem Mostert, you know, or Todd Gurley in Dynasty or something like that. You know, I I want another what could be top tier. You know, if you could get Jonathan Taylor plus a little something or Clyde Edwards Hilaire plus a little something for Dalvin Cook, I don't know if you'd be able to, but that's what I would be looking to do. Just something along those lines, at least. Maybe not those two players exactly, but something along those lines. But that is going to do it for this episode. This has been the Dynasty Underground. I have been your host, Derek Womack. And as always, thanks for listening.